not this week's show. Show? Oh, you might stop! Take him in an orange special! The little brother, he gets up and bounces back into it. And they had a great duel for two twirls. Trevor Gilbrighton, unbelievable. That's what he's there for. Oh, some big, big defense from New South Wales! Oh, they blinded him! Oh, boy, oh, boy, they're bone-rattless tonight, every one of them. What are you peppering that tackle from the Maroons? G'day everybody, welcome to episode 167 of Not The Footy Show, Warwick Nicholson with you, and alongside me, well, he's never alongside me anymore, he's sick of the drive to camera, it's Mr. Rob Cox. G'day Wazza, how are you mate? Good mate, we got through the internet uh, issues that seem to pop up every so often mm. on this uh, show, but the internet, it's come good. Yeah, yeah, it's finally come good at, uh, what is it, 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday night, um, but yeah mate, no, all good, I can hear you loud and clear, which is great. And unfortunately, everyone else can as well. Mm. Uh, everybody, we're heading into episode 167. That means for some reason, we've actually done 166 of these things. And I just want to give a shout out uh, right off the bat to, today. I think it's important to recognize the littles as uh, in the TK, uh, Tony Kornheiser speak. Uh, a big shout out to Thomas Irwin. He just went onto the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash podcast. And I'm going to quote it, Foxsmith. Go. Yeah, I found this podcast recently and I've been loving it. Keep up the great work, gents. Yeah, very simple. That's straight to the point. He didn't mess around. He yep. got straight to it. Told about finding us. Told about the love. Good on him. Good on you, Tom. And I, and I think a reason I bring this up, everybody, is that you know, just occasionally, it's nice. To, it's nice to hear that you're enjoying the show. It's nice to hear that you're, you're actually listening to the show. And um, that's the only bit of feedback we had all week. So clearly, only one person actually enjoys the show. Yep. Uh, once again, uh, Cocksmith. But uh, as we head into episode 167. We're going to be talking about origins, so I'm anticipating that there might be a, a few people interested in uh, in what you've got to say about particularly uh, Laurie Daly's New South Wales Blues. Damn right. Okay, pity, uh, Cocksmith, that the first segment we actually have on Not The Footy Show, episode 167, is not about origin at all. We've got to quickly really? recap. It is, mate. It, the, most of the show will be origin, but uh, for the first, really, five minutes of the show, we have to talk about what's happened across the last three days, in mm. particular, uh, two games of footy across the weekend. Yep. You were lucky enough or unlucky enough to, uh, to watch the... Uh, Friday night game between the Tigers and the Rabbitohs at uh, a packed ANZ Stadium uh, yep. on Friday night. Yep. And then we turn around and uh, did you head to Pepper Stadium on Saturday, mate? I did, mate. I made the trek across to Penrith from Camden. And um, I like going to Penrith. I don't mind it out yeah, there. Yeah, and you saw a game that was, truth be told, completely different. Yeah. Uh, you saw Panthers and the Warriors play. Correct. Cocksmith, i got to ask, before we go into the details of those two matches... Can you believe after watching the game on Friday night, you turn up on the game on Saturday and it's the same competition? Can you oh. believe the same that those teams play in the same competition? Because yeah. the difference in the football was unbelievable. Yeah, very different football, definitely. Um, you know, on on Friday night it was a very dour affair. Um, you know, and and there wasn't a whole lot to remember about that game. To be fair. Um, but you know we, we get that in the NRL every now and then. It's a tough, it's a tough competition, and we get we do get the mediocre games um, because 
you know, these these players have um, – I know they just had – or a few of them had a weekend off mm. and, um, you know, time to refresh and whatever else they do on their weekends off. And, um, you know, you, you may expect them to come back fresh, but at the same time you might also expect them to be a little bit um, uh, out of sorts. Um, they haven't played a game the week before and whatnot. I, I get it, mate. I, you know, I've been working on this game for a long time. I, I understand that not every game can be can be an absolute cracker. But you're right. They were very, very you know harsh contrast in the games. One was a very, very good game at Penrith, and the other game was a mediocre game at best at ANZ that, the night before. Yeah, and, and I think the elements of this that make up why I think they were so different. Look, I don't, I don't have to see a game where it's what was the score, 38-32 or whatever it was um, between the, the Warriors and the... Uh, 36-28 between the Warriors and the Panthers or Panthers over Warriors. Mm. Warriors led 28-6 at halftime. Everyone's thinking, look, it's just it's just one-way traffic there. And the Panthers went and played a style of football that we know they can play. But the most amazing thing about that match, and it's why I want to compare it to the Friday night game, but the most amazing thing was the fact that the Panthers hit the lead within 20 minutes. Yeah. I don't recall such an avalanche of beautiful attacking footy, which it was, mm-hmm. but in that such short space of time, they made up a 22-point difference in 20 minutes. Yeah. it was. Un- it, I, I just can't think of the last time I've seen something that clinical, and it just seemed like it wasn't so much, oh, can they get another one? Once they literally got back to 28, I think it was 28-12, you had a feeling like, oh, the Warriors are playing. Panthers are going to win this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, well, they had an avalanche of possession, and um, they seemed to capitalise on nearly every every set. Um, if it wasn't a repeat set, they scored. Uh, so, you know, Penrith played the played the type of game that second half that we know they're capable of, like you mentioned, and um, they'd be best advised to play more of that kind of football. At the same time, though, was the Warriors they have got it in them every now and then not to turn up in a second half. Um, I'm not saying they did or didn't. Um, I'd have to watch it on TV really to have a good look at that. But, um, you know, I, I, I dare say that the Warriors weren't as good in the second half as they were in the first and Penrith were so much better uh, than they were in the first half. So, um, yeah, uh, interesting game. Very, very contrasting halves. It's a game of two halves, they say, was. Oh, that's what, that's what they say. I'm sure that was spouted about 89 times on Fox Sports <laughs> coverage on particularly Saturday. Yeah. I want to go then back to Friday night and, and look, I'll put Thursday night game it's gamed into the mix here as well and even that uh, Dragon-Sharks match at um, Cogra. Mm. I just struggle with, and this is a very sweeping statement, but negative football. Mm-hmm. Bulldogs didn't try and win their match. Uh, they, they just thought, oh, you know, we got away with the grind to beat Canberra two weeks ago. Let's just do that again. Mm. And the Cowboys played footy. I mean, I, did you see the first try for the Cowboys? I know I'm sort of digressing here, but the first try the Cowboys scored against the Bulldogs on Thursday night. I watched a little bit of the game. I didn't watch it all. It was the cross kick from yeah. cross kick from Morgan to Felt. Yeah, yeah, it was a very good try. I turned to my flat maybe. We both went and watched the game, and we sort of looked at each other and, and asked ourselves two questions: mm. A, will the Cowboys try that again this match? Well, the answer was no. But B, will the Cowboys try that again this year? Of course well, they will. I reckon they won't. I reckon, I there's reckon a, there's a good chance. There's a good chance they won't. But it's sort of they 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 were they're willing to play some footy. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I know what you're saying they they want to, they it, they're willing to take a risk. And and that's what I just think we get to this stage of the season, and then you, you go to the Dragons and the Sharks game, and look how the Dragons almost won that match. I will never understand because they were outclassed deluxe on the night. But 
possession in the end, they had by four points. That's true. True. Possession got them to to within reach. Um, uh, but they lacked class, mate. That's that's, they, that's the thing. And then so the sharks get up there, and then we go to the tigers and the rabbitos, and this was just you know, we'll talk about Robbie Farrer and we get to the origin uh, section there, but. That was just one player just turned up and said, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna work with magic here. If you're not gonna put any pressure on me, you're gonna let me play my style of football, I'll win the game for my team. But there was the Tigers just looked really, really bad. That was a I went into that match thinking I've picked South, but I just got a feeling Tigers are gonna win. After mm. twenty minutes, <laughs> I wasn't feeling that way anymore. But I guess it was just so disheartening to watch the footy in those three matches, mm. which is why we shifted to Saturday and we got Panthers coming back from 28 points to six down. We got the Storm who trailed the Titans and then they led the Titans. They scored three tries in about 10 minutes and just looked absolutely tremendous. Led by 14 points, you thought this game's over. Mm. And then, okay, I'll give you an idea. They were led with 12, 10 points to go, 10, 10 points or 14 points, something like that with, with 10 to go. And I actually, um, there were some uh, fireworks near my place. I went out and had a look with some friends and, and watch the fireworks and came back in and, and heard them say, oh, Comrade Harrell scores in the corner. And Vossi goes, oh, that's the mo- they've just scored the most points in a losing effort right. uh, in almost history. Yeah. And I'm thinking, so the Titans, they've got back really close, but they haven't won a match, surely. Mm-hmm. And then I look up and Kane Elgie's taken the kick for goal. And the score says 38-36 Titans. Two and a half to go. Left side, it's LG. LG switches back to the right. Left foot kick for the dog. So we had that amazing performance, which, yeah. you know, the Titans, it wouldn't be a Titans game if eight players weren't injured uh, in those performances. <laughs> but then we got to the last part of that Super Saturday. And I tell you, I'm, I'm over watching that much footy sometimes. Yeah. Um, but we saw the Seagulls lead 14-0. Uh, yeah. Trevojevic is carving up. And, and anyway, the final score is 24-14. Seagulls, and I'm not saying you have to see three games of footy where one team, the team comes back from 14 points every time. I don't, have to, I don't have to see that to have a great night of mm. watching football. Mm. But I just thought it was a really stark contrast of the kind of football we can sometimes see when teams are forced into playing football. It shows they can play that kind of football yep. than what we watched in those three games previously. I guess that's my point. To it's exciting though, isn't it, when a team does come back? Um, it, it uh, and even if it's a big score, 36-38 or or what have mm. you, uh, or like the, the Penrith game. What was the final score there? 36-28. Yeah. yeah, I mean, big scores. I don't really necessarily mind big scores. I mean, you know, to put to, to, to extrapolate it out, there'd be nothing worse than watching 4-0 games every week, would there? I mean, I, I couldn't <laughs> think of anything worse. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of hoping we do one day see another nil or draw. Just something, something, there's something macabre about it that I just love to see. Yeah, okay. um, that Canterbury and Newtown can't hold on to that record. Yeah, what was the what was the, the, the that grand final score in about 80, 85? Uh, 86. 86, it was 4 2, four two. Uh, Parramatta over the Bulldogs. And the year before, it was 6 4 Bulldogs over Parramatta. So, yeah. some pretty exciting football. Well, I think it might have been. I think it might have been. If you take it out of the grand final context, it might have been a dour contest if it was just a. But when it's, but when it's a grand, the grand final, final. Yeah. Yeah, I'll watch it any time. I'm like, with you, but you but, made but, the point about the scores. Oh, yeah, there you go. the scores. The scores. Um, I don't mind when they blow out a little bit if they're close. If they if they're going try for try or whatever it might be, um, I really don't mind. I, I think it's I think it's good entertainment. I mean, the fans. I think they dig it. Um, you know, the purists may not. They might think, oh, it's, it's crappy defence or, or whatever. But I I tend to like it. Um, 
um, makes for good pictures, and uh, the crowd really get into it. You know. Speaking of, there was a forty-four thousand crowd for that double header. Uh, it does beg the question, and we wonder about it every year. When is it going to happen, Cox? When are two clubs in Sydney going to put their heads together and say, let's have a double header in the middle of the season? Well, first of all, the CEOs have to talk and get along. Um, and um, <laughs> and they have in, to... the case of, in the case of Manly, you have to have a CEO. Yeah, and they have to Which stop, we, uh, they have to stop sure. counting the corporate dollars that some stadiums pay them. Um, you know, don't, don't start me on the stadiums, mate. Uh, you know, you, you, they, they sometimes claim that there's 12,000 or 14,000. I think they're counting oh. toes. Um, well, let's be honest, buddy. You were there on Friday night at ANZ Stadium. I was there on Thursday night at ANZ mm. Stadium. The crowd that was mentioned was eight and twelve. Mm. Look, if there was eight thousand at both matches, you just like, it was it was it was so disappointing, and it was somewhat expected. That's the saddest part about it, buddy. Um, but anyway, yeah, you just say it's for another discussion. Yeah, quickly, we've got to get sure. some kudos to a team that has just won their third match in um, over a year. Goes to Peter Battaglia. Peter's over as well. Peter has got it down, I reckon. They've done it. The Battaglia brothers. Have a look at this. This is the 97 grand final. Which is the Newcastle Knights. Congratulations. Congratulations. They have beaten Canberra, who have just thrown away another game. Their final ways to lose this year, last year, was exactly the opposite. They found ways to win. This year, Canberra are just... It's going to hurt they won't finish top five poor, you'd think now. Mm. Um, it just hurts them a bit too much. Uh, so congratulations, Newcastle. Great victory. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen the highlights of this last match, but you were there. Roosters 48, Eels 10. Can you sum that game up in uh, one sentence for me, mate? Drubbing. That'll do. All right, after the break, everybody, we will jump into some origin talk. Cocksmith has been, uh, he's just been ready to jump in since, I don't know, um, last December. And he just really wants to get through. He's going to literally go through his origin team for New South Wales and then we'll follow it with our, our Queensland team as well. And bear in mind, everybody, that the real focus of what we're going to be talking about is a team we think is going to get picked by the respective coaches. But knowing Cocksmith, he'll throw about eight players in there that have no chance whatsoever. We'll be back after the break and not the footy show. Not the footy show. So we go back to the magistrate. Oh, Guyer and Lewis. They're mouthing off at each other. Over the top of David Manson's head. Benny Elias standing there like, like David. Big Mark Guyer towering over him. Manson's not impressed. Lewis again says something to Guyer. They push and shout. Oh boy. What a spiteful ending. Okay, everyone, we're back on Not The Footy Show, episode 167. Have you got some tissues there, Cocksmith? Mate, you're just nasty. Like I, I do tend to pick an extended bench. I'll admit it, but uh, in a Brian Smith kind of a style. But um, look, I've got. I know that you said we're going to try and pick the team that they will pick. Well, that doesn't interest me not too too much anyway. I'll I'll tell you who they'll pick. Um, but I, I'll tell you who I think they should pick too. Nice. Well, uh, just to refer to everybody off air, I won't play it, Fox Smith. It's it's the secret is safe with me. Mm. But um. Yeah, he was struck through the heart, I think, and I was to blame, I guess, is the best way of describing <laughs> uh, in my comment about uh, Cocksmith's love of picking 84 players for New South Wales. <laughs> We've got some headlines heading into this uh, team picking. Uh, now, Origin 1 is on May 31st in Brisbane, so New South Wales, as they look to halt what is already a two-Origin uh, winning streak for Queensland, didn't that just sort of sneak up on us all? Tommy Trebojevic, unfortunately... 
that looked like a serious injury. Now, you've heard a bit of news today, buddy, um, to his knee and his ankle. What's the latest on Tommy? Oh, well, I think I don't think that that um, all the scans that they're going to do have been have been um, uh, carried out yet. But uh, from a little bit of information that I was given, um, it looks like four weeks. Looks like about four to six, maybe, unless yep. he's um, some kind of a miracle kid. Um, but I, I don't think we'll know for sh- for sure and certain until maybe Monday evening, um, t- tomorrow evening, uh, or Monday, probably today that yep. you guys are listening to this. Probably that, that yep. Monday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon this week, um, we will find out. What the hell am I looking at? When does this happen in the movie? Now. You're looking at now, sir. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? We passed then. When? Just now. We're at now now. Go back to then. When? Now. Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon. Now, what that not only does is rob everybody watching a special talent play at the origin level, but I think it throws a massive spanner into Laurie Daly's plans uh, in the outside backs. The guy who he is going to pick, uh, providing that he is healthy as well, Jared Hayne, um, for the last few weeks playing in the centres. Now, he did get burned by... Uh, Will Chambers in that match uh, on the weekend, but he did look dangerous every time he went looking for the ball. I think there's no doubt he'll be in a team at left centre. He went off with a what they said was a nerve issue in his knee, but by the end of the match, uh, he was able to run on the field when his team won, so obviously he wasn't feeling too bad. He'll be there for sure. We know Josh Mansour won't be there. He won't play until after Origin 1, just for, uh, for Penrith, low New South Wales. A couple other points that I want to run through before we get into the actual team itself. Jimmy Tedesco did not look fit the other night, um, which isn't a good sign because uh, he's always. He, I think he just plays his best footy when he's just running at a thousand percent. Mitchell Pearce, we know, is is pressing for his position. We wonder who's replacing Aaron Woods. Robbie Farrow is firming for the number nine, and then the final part of this whole question is: uh, Can the Kangaroo players Merrin and Trebojevic walk in to the team given they just played for Australia? Lots of things to talk about, Cox Smith. Mm, I can answer what all those. What is your feeling? What is your feeling right now? in regards to, I guess, how any of that has influenced what Laurie Daly is going to do with his team? Well, obviously, if Mansour was fit, he'd be he'd be in the team, unless he'd had a shocker at the start of the year. Trebojevic, yep. will, you mentioned just a second ago, and correctly, I think um, uh, that will throw a spanner a little bit into the works there. I think they're better. I think they've got more depth in the forwards than likely outside backs candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, Tedesco, yeah, maybe he didn't look 100%. I don't know. I, I, I have a theory on... Oh, I don't have a theory. I've just I've just had thoughts on um, the the Tigers blokes. I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure they all want to be there. I think they just wish maybe it was the end of the season and they could go off to their new clubs. Uh, I think they've had mm. enough of everything, not just... You know, not just the the upper management that are there, but obviously the the ongoing drama that's getting played out in the media every week. Uh, so maybe he's a bit off colour. Um, Pierce isn't just pressing, mate. Pierce has got seven on his back, hundred um, percent. Yep. Kind of pains me a little bit because I I thought we we're going to go in a little bit of a different direction, but at the same time, um, he's been playing too good a football at club level to ignore him, and that's a fact. Um, yep. You know, uh, and can Merrin and Trebojevic walk in as the Kangaroos? Oh, Farah affirms. Um, take it away. What what happened the other night, mate? Just just quickly touch on uh, the South um, the South thing. Well, I got a feeling that uh, look. Don't get me wrong. I think that everyone is their own man and all the rest of it in uh, NRL coaching circles. But 
you've got to understand that uh, one L Daly and one M Maguire actually played together at club level at the Raiders. So there's a relationship there. I do not doubt at all that Laurie Daly has at some stage, I'm not saying he made the call on Thursday night or some stage in the last two weeks, he's given his old mate Michael Maguire a call and said, is there any chance you could start Robbie Farrer for me? I just want to see what he's got. I see what he, see what he's got in him at the moment because I've been watching him obviously play off the bench, and that's the way that you want to do things, uh, Michael at South, and obviously giving Damian Cook a go. But can I just see Robbie play sixty straight minutes and just see what he can give me? Um, if it works to you, if it works for you, what you want to do with your, your South Sydney game plan, then fantastic. But that's what I want to see. Well, we saw at Cocksmith because Robbie Farrow was outstanding uh, on Friday night. Probably the, the lone bright spots of that whole match. Mm. He is now guaranteed the number one, no, the number nine jersey for New South Wales. And I think we've got uh, Michael Maguire to thank for that. Yeah, I agree with you. I, um, Farrow was uh, pretty good the other night. He did run quite freely, like you mentioned. It didn't seem like anyone's, it wasn't in anyone's game plan to shut him down nah, too much. Um, but look, I think he's going to be he's, he'll be picked for sure. Uh, Marin and Trebojevic, mate. I think one of those blokes will make it. I think another one will miss out, but we'll touch on that when we get to our teams. Okay, so I think what we'll do now, everybody, is it's worth reminding you what the New South Wales team was in Game Three last year. I'm going to run through it really quickly, and then uh, Cocksmith and I are going to go through one to eighteen effectively, and and go through what we think. Or I'll go through what I think Dahlia's going to pick. I think Cocksmith will probably give you what he'd pick. And we'll see how much of a happy medium, I guess, we can reach. The team in Game 3 last year that actually won that, that match against Queensland was Tedesco, Ferguson, Jennings, Dugan, Mansour, Moylan, Maloney, Woods, Farrah, Gallon, Graham, Jackson, Frizzell, Bird, Tamau, Clemmer and Fafita. Do you remember that much about that game, quickly, Coxman? Uh, in the last game, uh, well, I remember we won it. Um, yep, that's about pretty much what I remember as well. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't remember much about it. I remember Moylan played a pretty good game. Um, he did. He played uh, very well. Both the halves played well. I remember Tyson Frizzell played a good game. Uh, and that was about all I remember. So. Yeah, I also remember the bench uh, had a very big impact in that match. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go my fullback that I think Laurie Daly will pick, mate, mm. and you tell me if you are disagreeing or agreeing, all right? Go on. I think James Tedesco is the number one for game number one for New South Wales. I agree, and I'd pick him too. Okay. The two wingers, I think at this stage, will be Blake Ferguson on the right wing. And now with Tom Travojevic out of contention for game number one, I think we will see Brett Morris, the experienced flanker. He will come in and he will get the left-wing spot for New South Wales. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think they'll both be picked, Morris and Ferguson. And if I was Daly, I'd pick them both as well. Although if Trebojevic was fit, I'd be having him. He'd be my first Yeah, I think, I, I think Morris would miss out. I think he'd, he'd move on to the next generation if Trebojevic mm-hmm. was healthy. We get to the centres. Do we both agree Jared Hayne will be there? Yeah, I'd say it's going to be Hayne and Dugan. Um, if Dugan's not fit, it'll be Hayne and Jennings. Yes, I think Jennings will definitely get the, a, a run. Uh, he did play there last year. He actually has played quite well at origin level for a number of years. And from what I just saw in those highlights uh, this afternoon, he actually looked like a lone bright spot for the Eels. He looked actually quick, which is a thing that sometimes he doesn't look at at uh, club level off late. Uh, so I think we're looking at Tedesco at fullback, Brett Morris and Ferguson on the wings with Hayne and Dugan in the centres with Michael Jennings as the option. Yeah, by the Should way, we... can I just say something? Uh, yep. I know that people have spoken about Joey Leilua 
um, at um, origin level. I don't think he's going to be there this year. But um, one that they don't often mention is Jared Croker. And I think that Jared Croker would do the job. And I think he'd do it um, very safely and he'd, he'd very tradesman-like. Um, I think that he, he should be close to being the next centre picked if any of those guys fall off the uh It's, it's the funny. I agree that he's, he's played really good football. Uh, you know, for a number of years now, mm. his best chance of playing Origin football is if a guy like Maloney is not available and they need a kicker. I think that's the right. yeah. You know, I think that's his best chance of getting in the team is that they go, okay, we've got to pick between Jennings and Croker. We don't have a kicker. All right, we're taking Croker. I think that's the just where he's at um, mm. in regards to the pecking order. I think that's so that that settles the back line to the halves. Uh, I think it'll be James Maloney and Mitchell Pierce now. I agree. Yep, and. Um... I dare say, given what I've seen at club level in the last few weeks, um, that would be correct. And I, look, I've got no, I've got no issues if he did pick Matt Moylan and move Maloney to seven. Uh, I just think the problem that poor old Matt Moylan's got is that his team's been losing. He actually has played well, I think, the last two weeks. He's really thrown himself into the match and he's trying his level best to get his team across the line. And he did obviously on the weekend. But Mitchell Pearce. He played really well last year, like really well last year without the pressure of playing Origin and obviously coming off the back of his uh, suspension for what he did off the field. Mm. There is There are a few players that I think have put more consistent form together than Mitchell Pearce at the moment. And look, I was one of the first people to just absolutely just stick my hands up in the air and go, why do you keep picking him mm. in, in like sort of those four or five seasons? Mm. But right now, there is just not a better choice. So Mitchell Pearce will be the halfback for New South Wales. Mm. I agree. Okay, we go we go to the, the front row, I guess, mate. This is the this is the I guess the probably the most open spot uh, of, of positions there is almost across the entire uh, New South Wales and Queensland because we don't have Aaron Woods, and I think it just and, and Paul Gallon has retired. So there's the two starting props from last year are gone. Uh, we have what I think is. Daly's trump card, which is the Fafida Clemmer combination off the bench. I don't think he messes with that. Uh, which then begs the question: Who do you pick at prop, Cogsmith? Well, look, I, I I chose a team not based on in well a little bit not based on injuries, and I had James Tamau and Aaron Woods as my props. Clearly, Aaron Woods won't be there for the first one. Yep. So, I think. You know, I think we've we've got to look at someone new, um, and I have written down the name Jordan McLean. Uh, wow. Okay. Now, the reason is is because he's playing exceptional club football. I'm not saying that he might should be in the first string team. Maybe maybe he's a bench player, and you bring yep. Clemmer off the bench. I know you're saying don't mess with it, or you bring Fafita off the bench, but um, I think that you know. The other one is is also Paul Vaughan, um, who's uh, you know been killing it at, at club level recently. Um, so you know there's a, there's a few options there. As as far as what I think Laurie will do, is I think he will bring in Paul Vaughan um, for Aaron Woods at this stage, um, and I think that Paul Vaughan will start the game uh, alongside well, we... alongside James Tamia, by the way. Now, just to be clear with everybody, we do send each other a run sheet before we do the episodes, etc. Uh, Cocksmith has not seen the final team that I thought would be picked by New South Wales. I'm not saying my team will be the side, but I have P. Vaughan in the 10 jersey 
Mm. I have James Tamau in the number eight. Mm. I think Paul Vaughan is an. I, I think he will get picked because there is a unabashed fan of one P Vaughan who does a TV show on Fox Sports every Tuesday night. His name is Peter Sterling. Mm. He loves Paul Vaughan. He can't understand why Canberra got rid of him. He just he is Paul Vaughan's number one fan. With the Aaron Woods injury and the Paul Gallon retirement, I think the opening is there. And I just I just have a feeling that Fafita and Clemmer give New South Wales more from the bench than they do starting in, in the way that he wants to play. I think Paul Vaughan makes his debut uh, for the Blues this year alongside James Tamau with Robbie Farrow, the hooker. Yeah, well, in my team, I don't have Robbie Farrow. Um, uh, I just think that it's time to try something new, but I, I think that's what Laurie, Laurie will pick Robbie Farrow for sure and certain, 100%. Who did you have at number nine? I had Peter Wallace at number nine. I'm a fan, um, and I think that he, at a pinch, he can fill in at half or five-eighth if you needed him to as well. Um, and I think he's been playing okay club football. Uh, he's played Origin before. Um but that's just me, mate. Uh, I, I, I think Robbie Farah is a great player um, and has been a very good servant to New South Wales. I don't think there's any real young blokes yet that are ready for it along long lines of Pete's and McInnes and, and those guys. There's no one really sticking their hand in the air saying you have to pick no. me. Um, uh, so I, that's why I'd go with Wallace. Um, I... Uh, I do understand why uh, Daly will pick Farah though, and that's probably because um, Robbie has Robbie has been in a deputy captain or a vice captain role for a long time there, um, and he's a leader, uh, and he'll get the job done. I mean, he he, I, I just don't think he's going to bring anything extra that he hasn't brought before. If you know what I'm saying, I don't think you're going to. And I'll, yeah. yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I don't think Go, you're going to see anything down. extra from Robbie Farah that we haven't seen. I, I don't think he has a magic um, a magic potion in his pocket that he's going to pull out for po- possibly his last Origin series. Uh, I think you'll get what you've gotten before. Um, and I'll take, I'll take that point, but I'll also counter it with, I think that he still offers you more of that magic potion element of that little bit of extra class than what a Peter Wallace does or what the other guys do. And I think that's why he gets picked because... At the end of the day, Origin's about three games, or realistically, it's sometimes about two. Mm. You only need him to be on for those 280 minutes mm-hmm. uh, to win the series. Yeah. And I think he has a bigger impact on your team's ability to win that series mm. than what Peter Walsh does, who, who might be competitive and, and not make a mistake, but I don't think he's going to pull off something that wins you a game. And I think still think Robbie Farrow has that in him. He's shown it at Origin level before. Look, everyone forgets that during that period, he got one chance originally. Then they went with Michael Ennis for a bunch of years. Didn't get anywhere. They brought him back. They won the series. I, mm. Not straight away, but, but I think I just think he's the he offers them the most. We go to the back row, mate, uh, yeah. and we'll get the, the bench utility after that. But we'll go to the back row. This is when South Wales is just just rife with talent. Yeah, yeah. Look, this the back is, row. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. the back row. Tell us who was in the back row before, just to remind us. It was Wade Graham, Josh Jackson, Tyson Frizzell, and uh, then he picks three props on the bench with yeah. Jack Bird as the utility. Okay. Well, my back row um, is uh, Locke, Tyson Frizzell, Boyd Cordner at second row, Wade Graham the other second rower, uh, and I think that's what Daly will do. Okay. I think there might be one difference in that. I think he'll start Josh Jackson. Yeah, Josh. Uh, Josh. Josh doesn't make my team, unfortunately. But but go on. And, and look, I understand that. I, I think he is a really good footy player, but he's not a how do you put it? 
does he have another level to him at the Frizzells and the Cordoners? Because Cordoner comes back into the team. We know that. I reckon he'll be named captain, personally. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, I think Graham, just purely because probably has a little bit more versatility um, and, and probably plays a bit of a style that can probably have a bit more impact than Josh Jackson when he comes on, mm. I think that will mean that he will come off the bench and Jackson will start. That's the only difference that I see in regards to that. But uh, you, if, if you are probably in agreement with me, it'll either be, it'll be Corder and Frizzell will be definitely on the field. And I guess Jackson or Graham. Who's the other guy you have on the bench instead of uh, Josh Jackson, mate? Uh, well, look, uh, on the bench, um, I've I've gone with something a little bit different. Again, I know that Queensland are down in numbers this year. Possibly, uh, three possibly, two definitely not playing um, from their regular ranks. Um Look, you're going to laugh. I know you're going to laugh, but... Mate, if Josh McCrory is about to get a start, we are stopping the podcast here. I'm never chatting to you again. <laughs> no, Josh McCrone wasn't, <laughs> but his good mate Junior Paulo is. Um, I think yeah. I think Junior Paulo is fantastic for about 25 minutes, and that's Which all, is you, all need. you need. And that's, that's all, all you need. need. And he, he will rip and tear, mate. He will, he will absolutely line blokes up and knock them over like a bowling ball. I will guarantee it. I'll also guarantee you that Laurie won't pick him. But he'd be in my team. Um, <laughs> well, see, if, if I was picking a team that I wanted, and look, I think James Tamau has been a, a good good rep player for a while, mm. I would I would pick Junior Paulo instead of James Tamau. That's my like-for-like like replacement, and I think you get more of an impact, as you say, from Junior Paulo, if that's all you're asking for, than what you might get out of James Tamau. Oh, look, I've got James Tamau starting because he's, he's a good 60-minute player, mate. He'll play 50, 50, to, 50 to 60 minutes, and he can do it. He will do it. He'll keep doing it. Again, you're not going to get anything different from him, but if you want something different, you've got to pick different blokes. That's all there yep. is to it. You know? Yep. If you want the same as what you've been getting every year, Loza, pick the same blokes. Keep picking them. <laughs> well, I guess that then brings the question to what is the makeup of your bench? Do you have Fafita and Clemmer there, mate? I've got Fafita. I've got Clemmer. Um, I've got Junior Paulo. And I've got uh, Matt Moylan. And that's the that's the big question that Daly has to make is is does he go to Jack Bird again? Because no, Jack look, doesn't make my team. But again, does does Laurie do it? Probably, because if you want well, the same well, stuff you've been getting, yeah. just pick the same blokes. Well, Jack had about a fifteen minute cameo in game two last year. Mm. New South Wales fell short, but he, he he had a bit of a cameo in that match. He came off the bench again in game three. Yeah. Moylan started. Moylan they won the match. I would personally like to see Matt Moylan there. Mm. Uh, I think you can. In, in the scope of having Fafita and Clemmer as your 16 and 17 and Graham, or uh, as you say, you had Junior Paulo, but Graham as your back row rotation, mm. I think you can get away with Matt Moylan there. I don't I don't want to see Moylan come off the bench in, in a perfect world. In a perfect world, I would have him in my halves, wind away, or have him in my team just somewhere, yeah. um, not off the bench. But well, I still reckon there's, I just there's think, some value happening in there. I just think Mitchell Pierce plays better with Maloney. That's the only, yeah. Look, Maloney is in the team because he's a very good player. He's a great goal kicker, but um, that's what's keeping Moylan out um, because he plays well with Mitchell Pierce. Um, yeah, he's got history with Mitchell Pierce. They like the way each other plays. They complement each other, and because Pierce is in the team, Moylan isn't in the starting lineup for mine. Um, but uh, that's not to say he couldn't start. He did last year, did very well. By the way, just about Jack Bird, if Hayne is injured, Jack Bird's my other centre, just so you know. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah. I could see that happening as well from a daily point of view. Yeah. So where we ended up, everybody, is... 
no Trent Merrin and no Jake Trebojevic. No, Jake Trebojevic is actually my 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 uh, spare. Uh, he's not eighteenth or nineteenth, whichever you want to call him. But Jack Bird's an eighteenth. Trebojevic is my nineteenth. And I think that's not unfair. I mean, look, Jake is a really good club footy player. He's played Test football. Merrin has actually been in a little bit of form of late, which is good to see. Hmm. But you look at the makeup of this New South Wales pack. And it's hard to find a spot for them. That's the issue. It's not that they aren't worthy in some respects. It's just I think there are players that fit the mould for um, a daily team better. Look, the only chance that I think both of those guys have is if they get picked out as out-and-out front rowers uh, to make the team and have that opening in that, uh, whether he chooses to go with a Trebojevic or a Merrin instead of a Tamau hmm. or maybe even a Vaughan. Um, I think that the person on the most threat, I still think, is Tamau. Yep. If he decides that uh, Trebojevic and Merrin get a run so quickly everybody i'm going to quickly run through what we what we sort of ended up running on which we think the south wales team will probably be as picked by laurie daly tedesco b morris hayne dugan ferguson maloney pierce tamau farrah vaughan cordner jackson frizzell graham bird or moylan fafita clamor with trevojevic or Merrin as the 18th man can that team win the series cocksmith yeah the team i think that team can can go very, very close. Um, again, there's no real surprises in that. Um, and, and if you want some surprises in your team, it's, it means taking a risk. And I'm not too sure Laurie's a risk taker. Um, I think uh, he's going to stick solid with who he's had before. Um, if he does take a risk, it might be a bench player. Um, look, there's a few notable exceptions, by the way. Uh, and through, through fear of being mocked by yourself, I was not going <laughs> to tell you, but um, mate. Well, look, I'll be nice. Okay, there's a there's a bloke running around by the name of Tyrone Peachy, who I think would ba- would make a pretty good bench player as well. If if Laurie yep. decided not to go with a big front rower, if he decided to go with a utility kind of player, I know the Dylan Walker experiment didn't work out that well in the first game of last year, but uh, Tyrone Peachy is a game breaker. Ty- Tyrone Peachy is a bloke that can change a game, um, and. He's um, he proved it the other day. The di- the difference between the two teams, between the Warriors and Penrith, ultimately was the bringing on bringing on of Tyrone Peachy. He finally bringing him on. Yeah, yeah. Which is he waited a while, didn't he? I thought Peachy yeah. was having a bit of a sleep on the sideline there for you know for the first half. But you know, there's a few there's a few blokes like Tyrone that you could bring in that that would would be game changers. I don't think Laurie will. That's not Laurie's style. Um, you know, he's not really big on risk. He's he's more of a grinder than than a. a, a... Well, I think being a little bit harsh, and I'll explain why. I mean, mm. it's not um, that I disagree with your general idea here, but he would have picked Tom Trebojevic, right? Yeah, that's, that's one not a risk, though, mate. He, he's the inform. Oh, he's the no, inform it's, it's... back. One of you know, like he's probably he's probably the inform fullback at the moment in the club. In club but he would have picked him on the wing. He would have picked him yep. on the wing. He yep. last year he picked Tedesco ahead of Moylan after two games. Yeah, he that was a gutsy move. I mean, he almost put his eggs into the Moylan basket heading into that series, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden went, "Oh no, I'm going to pick Tedesco." He found a way to fit Moylan into his team. But Tedesco he, was injured. He, Tedesco was injured. Yeah, like, but that doesn't mean he necessarily would have picked him. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I don't know for sure, but I'm mm-hmm. saying there's a chance that he he might have just decided that Moylan was his guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he decided not to pick Mitchell Pearce. He gave Adam Reynolds a go last year. Yeah. He also uh, blooded Ty, uh, Tyson Frizzell. Yeah. That was, year, a, well, he, that was a master stroke, really. It, it mean, was, but it's what, he's, what I'm what saying he is he, he might also debut Paul Vaughan, and Vaughan might be an absolute uh, weapon. 
He will. At the be. end of the day, that's half a dozen new players that he's ingested in the last twelve months. Yeah, but that's... but but he hasn't really he hasn't really you know thrown him on the block, mate. He hasn't really uh, you know th- these players that he's brought in. Like a Tyrone Peachy would be a would be a, a gutsy move. Uh, I'm not saying he should. I'm just all mm. I'm saying is, if you want to know what someone's going to do in the future, just look at what they've done in the past. It's as simple as that. If yeah. you want I mean, to know I, what someone's going to yeah. do, look at what they've done. And I'll throw two more players. He's blooded Wade Graham and, and Jack Bird. I mean, I just, I just think. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, I'm Ben Laurie Daly's biggest fan as a player since I was a little kid. He's, he's I know. An absolute hero. Uh, I know. But the fact is, like, he's tried some stuff, and that <laughs> what he's got going for him is that he was the coach when they won the series back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also had a halves combination of uh, Josh Reynolds and Trent Hodkinson. So. Anything can happen in Origin, people. We'll talk about Queensland after the break. Any final final comments on this New South Wales team, mate? Uh, for me, no, none. I've I've got uh, I've got nothing else to say, but except that, um, geez, I hope New South Wales win, <laughs> please. <laughs> I echo those sentiments exactly. Not the footy show. show. But there's no doubt that there's a blue one. A blue one on the backside. So a big stink on over on the other side of the ground. Harrigan and Bella having a go at it. Standing there trading one. Go, boys. One. Nothing wrong with that. Two big men having a go. Buying off a bit of steam. Now's a bit in the background. There's Wallers a, and Elias. There's a couple of blokes don't like each other. Now they're into it. Wallers and Elias. It's on now. It's on. Look at Bella. Look at the eyes of Bella. Oh, fired up. Big Barty. The Chief says, if you want to go, I'll go with you. Okay, it's time to look at this Queensland team. Well, I don't really want to. Uh, it's just, you know, when you advertise it as an Origin team special, I guess we better talk about Queensland, mate. They're going to be good. They're going to be classy. Uh, they're going to have everything you want in a football team. Mm-hmm. But if Jonathan Thurston is not healthy, mm-hmm. Queensland will enter Origin 1 as they defend a two-series winning streak without Jonathan Thurston, Corey Parker, Matthew Scott, and Greg Inglis. Yep. I don't think the Wales will get a better chance than in game one to impart themselves on uh, this series. Uh, if those four players are out, even if JT does play, he will not be 100% with that shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a stunning injury list, a stunning factor that, that uh, Corey Parker's also retired. There are a couple of players in the Game 3 team from last year who I think, based purely on form, probably don't get a run from Queensland this year. Mm-hmm. The window is certainly open for New South Wales. As much as I opened this segment talking about how they've still got everything you want in the football team, I think it just shows you how good Queensland are because one beast Slater's back as well. How yeah. do you react to all these these injuries, mate? Do you look at it as an opportunity? Do you look at it as, as almost a counter-opportunity where Queensland have a chance to go... We've got some other players that are pretty good. Let's give them a chance. Yeah. Yeah, look, Queensland are, are that team over the years. When Just whenever New South Wales gets a little bit cocky and thinks, well, we've got these blokes this year, uh, <laughs> they, they, they lift. They bring in blokes you've hardly ever heard of or you might, you, know, you might raise your eyebrows and think to yourself, gee, why did you bring him in? And then he has a man-of-the-match performance. You can never, yeah. ever, ever take Queensland lightly. You can never believe a word they say. Um, because they do this nearly every year. This, oh, guess what? JT's injured. He, he won't play again this year. Then all of a sudden, he runs out in number 19 or something. I mean, yeah. it, it, this is 
this is a game that Queensland play. They're good at it. They're the world champions at it. And we, as New South Welshmen, or as New South Wales, the team, have to uh, be prepared for anything and have to prepare to play the game of your lives. Because no matter who they pick, whoever straps on the boots and pulls on the maroon jersey will play for their life. That's the way they play. They will. They will. Look, we're going to go through the, the uh, Game 3 team from last year, as we did with New South Wales. Uh, quickly, it was Darius Boyd, Oates, Inglis, O'Neill, uh, Gagai, Thurston, Cronk, Scott, Smith, Miles, Gillett, Thiday, Parker. The bench was Cooper, Maguire, Guerra, and Lilliman. There's a there's a name missing from that list who would have been there. I, I think he was the other injured or suspended, which was uh, Josh Papali. Uh, I believe he will be picked uh, for Queensland after his uh, non-selection for the Kangaroos uh, a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. Queensland's game one team for this year, mate. Uh, who are you expecting to definitely be there who wasn't there last year? Well, B Slater will be in the team somewhere. I don't know where. Um, uh, look, Darius Boyd, I think, is, is again, equal or, or the best fullback in the comp at the moment. Um, he's he's going to be hard to drop from that number one position. Um I, I don't know. Do you, do you put Slater on the wing? Is it disrespectful to put Slater on the wing and, and keep Darius at fullback? I don't know. You'd have to ask Darius. Um, but uh, look, I, I think that Slater will be in the team for sure. Uh, Papali will be back in that team, like you just mentioned. Um, and then, and then you know, you've got to cover for your, your injury, injured players like Matt Scott and, and, uh, and whatnot. Um, so there'll be, a, there'll be a few new blokes in the team. Um, whether they've played Origin before or not will, remains to be seen, but there will definitely be some new faces um, from, from what there was last year. Okay, so the big question, as you've touched on, I still think Boyd will number, in the number one jersey. Yep. I think Billy Slater will be on the wing, mm-hmm. and I think everybody will be happy and they'll be smiling and that'll be great. Yep. There is a left field option here. If Jonathan Thurston is not healthy, yep. does Kevin Walters pick Darius Boyd the number six jersey and play Slater at fullback? Uh, well, look, that's definitely an option. And, and I don't think that Darius would let you down at 5'8". I actually think he's um, uh, he may be eventually going the way of, um, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, exclusively here on Not The Footy Show. Uh, he, may, <laughs> he may be... Um, be being groomed like a la um, Darren Lockyer for the number six jersey. Um, I think, yeah, he he, he will definitely um, uh, would definitely make a, a good five eighth. I think, and he'd get the job done for you. Um, so you know, it could be win win for them. Um, but who? And I think that also allows them to move Morgan back into that utility role off the bench. He played really well against the Bulldogs the other night. He did. Uh, to put his hand up and say, look, I want to be the number six. Mm-hmm. I've got no worries if I'm Queensland, if he's my number six. But at the same time, then they've got to decide, do they want Michael Morgan on the bench or do they want Daly Cherry, Jerry Cherry Evans on the bench? Which I think are the only two options. I don't think they'll carry, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Anthony Milford on the bench uh, for game one at least mm. uh, in that role. I think they'll end up going with Boyd at number one and Slater on the wing. What that means, though, is that Justin O'Neill uh, is almost certainly on the outer. Uh, he's only played a, a few games this year. Hasn't been the same player that he, he was, uh, and he played really well uh, the last couple of seasons for the Cowboys. I think he misses out. Yep. Uh, and I think what you'll see is Dane Gagai going to the centres to replace Greg Inglis. Will Chambers will get the spot ahead of uh, Justin O'Neill. I agree. And I think Corey Oates will hold on to his wing spot. So I think the back line for Queensland in game number one will be Darius Boyd, 
Billy Slater, Dane Gagai, Will Chambers, and Corey Oates. Now, as good as that sounds, that means that a kid called Valentine Holmes misses out on a Queensland jersey, mm-hmm. which, given he was probably the first Australian winger picked, is just crazy talk, isn't it? It's harsh, isn't it? It's um, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 harsh. Uh, I I feel sorry for. Well, I would if he, if he's not picked, I will feel sorry for for Valentine Holmes. Um, but. Um, you know, it's cruel. It's a, it's a, it can be a cruel game when representative sides are selected. Um, obviously, you know, we don't know until next week. But uh, what do you do? Do you leave Slater out? Do you leave Corey no, out? No, he, he, I mean, Slater, Slater's back in. They're just, it's not, he's playing really well, and I just think there's just no way. He he was in the camp last year. He will be, he will be there. Billy Slater mm. will be in the team. Mm. So do you leave Corey Oates out to give Valentine the spot? I don't know, do you? You can't because he was outstanding for them last year in that series. And that's one thing Queensland always do is, is reward. You, you have to be playing very poorly to miss out and yep. getting retired. I, I agree. I agree. And I, I think, think that's unfortunately where Ju- uh, Justin O'Neill's facing it. That's that's the reality. Chambers is now playing. Well, he's back in, in form. Slater's back. The only way that Holmes gets into the team, I think, is if Boyd ends up in that number six jersey. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. Then obviously Slater goes to the wing, and uh, sorry, Slater goes to fullback, and Valentine Holmes goes to the wing. So uh, I agree with with everything you've said, then, mate. Okay. So we go to the halves. Thurston is the six if he's healthy. As we say, we think Morgan gets the gig at number six. Do you really think that they'll roll the dice with a uh, a Milford or a Cherry Evans? So you're saying uh, who will get the seven? Thurston? Uh, sorry, Thurston will get the Thurston if fit, it plays six, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Morgan comes into the six if Thurston cannot play. Okay. And so I don't who, think who's the seven? I don't think the seven is Cronk. Cronk, okay. So yeah. So I think you're right. I think that um Thurston uh, if he's fit will definitely be the seven a uh, six, sorry. Uh if he's not fit, there there is a case for bringing Milford in. Um, but I think you, you I think you're right. Morgan does come in and, and um deputizers for him um, and we'll see what happens with the bench when we get to them but um, I agree it'll be the Thurston or Morgan and Cronk definitely if he's fit at halfback Indeed, so we go to the uh, the back row I guess we'll start with Queensland because I think there's some real question marks around the front row for Queensland heading into game one but the back row I think it'll be a mix of a few players, I think Joshua Parley definitely starts, I think Matt Gillett definitely starts, I think also given that Parker has retired that 13 jersey is available my biggest question to you, Cocksmith, is what does he do? What does Kevin Walters do in that other back row spot? Does he pick Sam Friday, who has been just a staple starting in the back row for Queensland for the last well, almost decade, basically? Mm. Or does he move Friday to the bench like Wayne Bennett's been using him and start someone like a Gavin Cooper, who, who made his debut, I think, uh, in last year's uh, was game one or game, or game two or game three? Okay, I don't. I don't think. Cooper... Oh, I don't. Is that is that what he does? Does he does he give Cooper his chance? Does he give Guerra a reprieve? Does he start an Ethan Lyle? The big question is: Does he does he leave Thiday starting? No, Thiday will go to the bench. That's that's what so I I do. Think I, think, I think that's think what he's going to do. Who, who starts in that second row spot then? In your mind? Um, well, uh, maybe Maguire. Well, this is the question that then comes up with Matt Scott out. Yep. Uh, Queensland's front row stocks are a little bit thin mm-hmm. because I think you've got to play Maguire at prop. He's too little. Which means I think he's too small. 
But then who is your who are your front rowers? This is the question. Uh, okay, um, I'm a little bit um, underdone on Queensland. Tell me who the options. No, that's all right. Well, I think I think well then Nate, it's the question of Nate Miles. Is Nate Miles' career over, or is the fact that Matt Scott's not there mean that Miles gets a, a reprieve? Well, you got Lilliman as well, don't you? You've got Lilliman. Lilliman. Lilliman's also at the back end of his yes. career in a in a um, age sense. Yes. Uh, people keep. 33. Yep. Uh, you've got Dylan Napper who hasn't been playing. How did Dylan Napper play today? Did you notice Good. him at all? Good. Yep. Yep. He, Dylan, he, Dylan he would have probably been last year if um, yep. he doesn't have that off-field, uh, that preseason indiscretion. Yeah, he'll be in the uh, team this year. He'll be in the team. Jared Wallace has been playing fantastic footy for the Titans yep. uh, since getting there. Yep. So then, and as I say, Thiday is also in the mix. You, you could play at front row. So I guess what I'll say is I'll, I'll tell you what I've got from my one to from my eight to seventeen, go on. And you jump in, you disagree, yep. or you think I'm going to be yep. off. I think Josh McGuire will start at prop. I think Cameron Smith obviously will be the hooker. I think Nate Miles will be the starting prop. Gavin Cooper, Papali, Gillett in the back row. That leaves Thiday, Aiden Guerra, or Ethan Lowe. I think they make a decision between those two. Uh, Morgan or DC on the bench, depending obviously what happens in the six jersey. And then one of these three props will get a run for Queensland. Dylan Napper, Jacob Lilliman, or Jared Wallace. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't agree that Maguire will be a front row, but let's just, he's going to be in the forward pack somewhere. Um, I i think that Nate Miles, given that um, Matt Scott is is uh, injured, um, I, I think Napper will definitely be in the team. Um, I think that, I don't think they can afford not to have him in the team. Um, I think that uh, you will find the bench. The bench will probably be Thiday, um, Dylan Napper, um, uh, Jared Wallace, and Michael Morgan if Thurston is is fit. And the forward pack, uh, running the run on forward pack will be uh, Josh McGuire, um, probably probably Gavin Cooper. Although, yeah, no, I think Gavin Cooper. Um, did I say Nate Miles in the front row? Yeah, yeah Nate Miles in the front row. Yep. Obviously, the hooker is uh, one C Smith, and yep. um, that look, and and we've still got two two players to pick, don't we? Um, uh, Gillett and Gillett uh, Papali. Gillett, I had uh, yeah. the other two. And and look, Papali can play can play front row. He um, can, and he could he could end up starting in the front row, and then Maguire could end up in thirteen. Yeah, that is a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I think Papali is probably a, a more typical front row than than Maguire, but let's be honest, they all interchange these days, and they, they go from left to right to middle to edge, whatever. Um, Gillett is is an exceptional player, um, and I think that he is probably. Queensland's best forward um, alongside Cameron Smith at the moment and I, and I think um, you know, uh, I, I, you know he'll definitely be in the team and he'll definitely be starting uh, Who's your 18th man mate? Who would, you, who would you take into camp as 18th man for Queensland? Well look I, I think I think you've got to take you've got to take a back and a forward um, and I think if that's the case you're probably taking someone like um, Anthony Milford um, and probably Ethan Lowe Okay. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I think that's it's where they'll end up in regards to uh, that that mix. I think Valentine Holmes could also end up in the yep. uh, in the mix for that spot. So yep. just to reiterate, I think it's it's been pretty clear. Queensland's team looks fairly obvious. There's a few uh, questions on how many uh, I guess front rowers they take on their bench as opposed to back rowers, but we're thinking this is the team. Boyd at fullback, Slatter on the wing, Gagai in Chambers, Oates, Thurston or Morgan, Cronk, Maguire, Smith, Miles, Cooper, Papali, Gillett, Thide, uh, Napa, 
uh, Morgan or DCE? Do you think DCE will get the job if Morgan isn't there? Uh, yeah, look, maybe. If not, then it'll be Milford. Um, but, okay. yeah, I, I can't see why not. Um, DCE's had a pretty good start to the season um, and he's an exceptional player. So, you know, why not? And then it leaves the last spot, uh, I guess, between Ethan Lowe, Aidan Guerra, Lilliman and or Wallace. So they're not going to be lacking any ability. Uh, maybe some star power on that bench but is, is the only argument. Uh, but realistically, the way Queensland play and the way they've always put their forward packs together, they they I honestly reckon Queensland get the whole, I only need 10 to 15 minutes from this guy if I'm going to pick him on the bench, yep. better than New South Wales have over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I've always been critical of New South Wales is picking too many back rollers on a bench and then not finding a way to get him involved. Yep. Uh, Queensland just go, hey, Jacob, I need, I need 10 minutes from you twice. Or... Uh, you know, Aiden, come on for 20 minutes and just give me everything you got in the middle. Just tackle everything that moves, and that's that, that's the role they play. That's why a guy like Dylan Wallace or Dylan Napper, uh, sorry, Jared Wallace or Dylan Napper, they just fit into that team so well. They'll go on, they'll play that role, and they'll love it. Uh, really good team from Queensland. Not as good as it has been. I think as New South Wales fans, we sit here and we go, particularly no Greg Mills is just from a hope point of view. It gives us a lot more hope because he just is so damaging. He just he makes us worried every time he touches the ball, and I don't have that same pardon me. I don't have that same feeling when I see the centers as potentially being Gagai and Chambers. They could now win, score on score four hat tricks in the three games, but I just it gives me a little bit sense of you know we can we can fight some fire with fire here, and mm. I like the idea of Jared Hayne coming up against either Chambers or, or Gagai in a three game series. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think. Um... I think we're, we're, we're in with a good chance. I think they'll be great games no matter what. They always are. They always are. And um, I can't wait. I really can't wait. Now, you'll be up there, won't you, Coxsmith? Yes, I've been chosen. Uh-huh. Uh, I got I got a, a letter, an official letter from um, from one G. Treville, Chuckstagram on Ooh. Instagram, saying um, that I've been chosen for to uh, to shoot the game. Isn't that amazing? Mate, he's, he's a gentleman. Absolutely. Uh, we were trying to get him on this week, but he said that he wasn't. He wasn't up to the standard, as, as how he put it. Oh, really? Uh, so we'll have to do our best to uh, make sure he gets on the show soon, one of the great photographers. And we will have a bit of news about one of the other great photographers in the final segment of the footy show after the break. Not the footy show. show. Here's the first scrum that we were talking about. Yet, Sedaris is throwing the first one, and we'll have plenty involved in just a moment. Well, they've come from everywhere like it was almost a rehearsal. Brawls have broken out, Hopawadi. He might be in his first origin match, but Barnhill's involved. Well, we've seen plenty of this in origin. This is one of the best. Have a look at him, throw them. Barnhill's let three go. He still hasn't found the mark. What about the manly teammates, Hopawadi and Moore? Reminds a bit of Beetson and Cronin back in the first ever one. Well, this has been the best thing. Barnhill and Billy Moore, they have thrown plenty. Okay, we're wrapping up episode 167. It has been pretty much all Origin, Cogsmith. Yep. How do you feel after just, you know, munching on some uh, uh, some Origin pie for the last, mm, I don't know, half an hour? I love it. I love it. You do, don't you? Yeah. I love Origin. Origin is the best <laughs> time of year. Um, yeah, I, mate, I, no, I dig it. I I, I love how I love how me and my friends and and you know and yourself included in that. Um, sent... I like how you set, set me apart then. 
and send each other send each other our teams you know and argue about oh, he shouldn't be 58 he can't tackle or whatever um I, I love the whole um the whole build up to origin it's fantastic and and you know what two origins up in queensland are always good too because the crowd up there are, are immense um you know one of the loudest sporting crowds in the world up there and a lot of passion and um not saying we don't have passion down here, but their stadium is a little bit. The, the fans are a bit closer to the to the the action, so you can feel them breathing down the back of your neck. Now I'm going to say something that sounds utterly ridiculous, and I understand well, that here, a lot of people would here love comes something the opportunity. New. Yep. <laughs> there he is, fighting fire with fire. It's taken about eight episodes, but he's yeah, there. Go on. Um, I've been encouraging that everybody is just him to throw some shots when he wants to, mm. but uh, I've touched on it. You know, obviously worked for the NRL for for a number of years there. I am. So looking forward to just going to my brother's house on the Wednesday night, jumping on his couch, sitting with the person I've been watching Origin and another mate of mine as well. We've been watching Origins together for, for just years. Yeah. And just having that whole experience of just sitting at home and watching the game and loving what I'm seeing, riding every tackle. Something that I haven't had a chance to do for a number of years. Now, I wouldn't trade what I've been able to do the last uh, couple of years for anything for that particular time of my life. But mm. I must admit, mate, I'm really looking forward to just being a fan again. Oh, mate, I, I sometimes I fantasize about, um, you know, taking off a, 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 an origin year, one year and just watching it. Um, I, I have, I've missed a couple of games over the years. But I think I can only remember watching one or two of them. The reason why I would have missed them was because I was away on other work, doing other work. But um, I I think I've missed probably three grand finals since 94. I think it was the mm. first one I shot. Um, or 93. Uh, so, yeah, look, watching football at home, especially big games with mates, um, there's nothing quite like it. You know, you, you might have a sneaky beer and or two or three or whatever, however many you like, and uh, and watch the game. Oh, ginger ale and love it. Ginger ale, whatever you want to put in the ginger ale as well. Um, <laughs> no, but, I, mate, I'm with you. I, I kind of envy you a little bit in a way. Uh, it's fantastic being there. I love shooting them. I love doing yeah. doing the work. But at the same time, uh, I always get, uh, always get my wife to uh, to record the show, so I'll record the game so I can watch it the next day. Uh, and I still get a buzz out of watching it the next day even when I know what the result is, you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a special time to be a footy fan. Uh, I was just thinking, man, I think I've missed since, oh, gee, probably the late 80s, I've missed three games of Origin. It was all in one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was an exchange student over there in Canada, mm-hmm. uh, and I just couldn't see any of the games in 1999. And I remember, the, I knew the result, obviously, via the internet, but the first thing I saw about rugby league for the entire year, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast way back, first couple of years, but the Olympic Stadium had just been built. Oh, yeah. And for the second second origin, it it leaked. The, the roof leaked or whatever it was onto the, all the fans. Mm. And that was the le- one, of the, one of the stories on Canadian television was, <laughs> I can do a Canadian accent, but I won't torture people with it, mm-hmm. basically said um, the Olympic Stadium is, uh, has leaked during a rugby game. Mm. And I remember vividly, the reason that I remember that is because they didn't give the score. And I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know who won that game. I, I think it was the day after it. And I'm thinking, you could have at least mentioned that New South Wales won the match yeah. if you'd been kind. And Laurie Day had scored a try in one of his farewell games for New South Wales. Yeah. Cheers. Um, but I just thought it was hilarious that the, 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 the game didn't matter, but the, the roof leaked. Yeah. Anyway, 
Uh, we're wrapping up episode 167 right now. Now, we had a, a really outstanding uh, iTunes review last week, if you remember, Cocksmith. Yes, I do. I do remember that one. Yep. Uh, from uh, Skipper Ross, which is uh, Greg Porteous. Now, uh, Greg actually announced uh, shortly after we gave him a shout-out and said, check out his great work in the uh, Daily Telegraph, that he is actually leading the Telegraph, mate. What more What more do you know about this? Oh, mate. Um, look, Greg Greg has been at the Daily Telegraph for... Um... I think he said. I think he said it's been thir- nearly thirty years, long time, um, and uh, obviously has done a great job that whole time. But he's decided um, that it's time to move on. Um, and News Limited were doing offering um, voluntary redundancies and whatnot. And I think he's grabbed the opportunity to um, to move on. Uh, and you know he's. Um, He's gonna go go all right, I think. I, I think that he's. I think he'll go tremendous. Yeah, he, he's mate. He's got. You know, I think Greg's about fifty years old or so, but um, he's got. This is your life with Greg Porteous. No, mate. Right the now. thing is, the thing <laughs> is, here's the thing, right? He he's about fifty years old. Um, he's as fit as any thirty-year-old that I know, um, and he still loves doing the work. He loves shooting sport, not just rugby league, and. Um, uh, no, mate. He's, what, what, whatever he goes off and does next, he's going to be. He's, you know, which will be in photography, obviously. Uh, yeah. But he'll kill it. He'll kill it. That's what we want to do, everybody. We're just saying he is a fantastic. What's the, what's the word? Photographer is one word. What's another word we can use for for what he does, mate? And what you do? What's what's a, what's a more I don't know creative way of saying it? Oh, mate, uh, image maker. How about that? You can do better. I'll give you. I'll give you till next week. Not a better word, but. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he captures things that, you know, I think we, we remember. Uh, it's what a photographer does. It's video and, and Cox Smith, you do some amazing video work. But there's something about a photo that just really um, solidifies in the back of your mind sometimes. And, and yeah. a big shout out to Greg for what he's been able to do over the years yeah. and, and will be continue to do in the, in the Are we, we going to give Greg a shout out every week? Or... Well, if, if he keeps either giving us an iTunes review or yeah. changing jobs, he's, he's more than welcome. Although, right. given he worked for 30 years straight for News Corp. There's probably a good chance he he won't change jobs within about three minutes. Because I mean, look, I, I'm I'm prepared to say it one last time. I love Porteous. He's a great bloke. <laughs> He's a champ. We've given him some fair dink of air time, and um, what? And, it, and, it, and I think it should stop. <laughs> okay. Well, the other bloke we have to try and, and get on the show soon, as we've mentioned, is is uh, Grant Treville. Mm. Uh, uh, he. I've got a bit of an inside word that he's running around with an injury at the moment. What can you tell me about that? Mate, I don't know. I, I mean, you said something to me earlier on today that he did, he looked like he was hobbling. Um, I have no idea. I know he he kind of hurt his. He's done a number of injuries. I mean, Chucky used to play first grade um, uh, rugby union for Southern Districts. Um, uh, very good, very good rugby union player um, back in the day, and, and it wasn't that that long ago, by the way. I think he's only about thirty five years old. Um, but uh, you know, he's always doing himself some kind of mischief. He's. Um, uh, He's probably hurt his knee. He's probably, you know, he's had he's had a knee reconstruction at least one that I know of. He might have hurt his ankle. Um, yeah, no idea. I'll I'll have to have to ask him about that. But he'll be right, mate. He'll he'll be fine for Origin. I guarantee he'll be steaming up and down the sidelines with his big red beard on. And, uh, <laughs> and that's what I noticed. I, hmm. I was watching the game on Thursday night, and and he's a photographer for the NRL. Everybody he does does some amazing stuff. Chief photographer, stuff. chief photographer, chief photographer for, for NRL um, photos. Yep, makes things happen. I guess is the best way to describe mm-hmm. Chucky. Yep. Now, I know it's turned into a love fest of photographers. Mm. Um, it's funny, given one of the people on this show is a photographer. Yeah. Uh, but I did. I did mention, message him and just say, "Mate, you're not moving like you, you used to. So something, mm-hmm. something's up." Did something's he? Up, did he reply, all. or did he not? 
he, he did. He goes, where are you? Because obviously he couldn't probably see me because there was about three people in the stadium. <laughs> so there's a good chance he, he yeah. goes down for where I was. But I just thought it was interesting because I, I, I know, as you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's not someone you want to get in the way of as you're racing up that oh. sideline. Mate, 100 kilos of power running down that sideline. No, you don't want to get in his way. But um... There you go, Chuck. We've given you plenty of wraps. Get yeah. in the show, mate. Is that it? Are we done us. with Chuck? That's now? it. We're done. We're, we've moved on. Good. If you want to give us a wrap on iTunes, everybody, uh, maybe not for that last segment, but for the bits beforehand, mm. uh, head on to iTunes and rate Not The Footy Show, please. We would love some more uh, ratings. We still have the prize. I mean, I know it sounds like, I don't know, that the, the lost arc or something like that that you'll never see. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's it's well, I'm not, not going to say it's happening, but it's... Um, Trust me, the prize it's pro- is it's probab- The prize it's probable. is good. Yep. So get some, more, get some more iTunes reviews in. That'd be great. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash NRL podcast. I'm at NRL tweet on Twitter and you are? Uh, on Twitter at Rob Cox, R-O-B-B-C-O-X. Same at Instagram, R-O-B-B-C-O-X. And that will do us for the show. Coxsmith, we've talked for another hour on just, yeah, rugby league. It's, it's hard. I do I do know from a little chat we had this afternoon, mm. you want to diversify in the coming weeks. What, what do you yeah, think? Look, I think? I think not tonight because um, I've got to have some time to think about it and get the feelers out. But I, I think from, from next week onwards, why don't we get a little bit of a segment going, just a one-minuter, just on, on things just, just outside of football. It might be sport-related, might be, you know, whatever, just something that might catch our eye every week uh, and we might want to talk about rather than just straight-up rugby league. I think that that would be nice. It would be a nice change. And hey, people, you're out there. You might have questions. Tell us what you want. We never, we never see them. But you know, mm. if you feel if you feel moved to, mm. to, to want an answer, as as ill advised and uninformed as, as ours generally are, mm-hmm. feel free. Mm-hmm. I've been Warren Nicholson. I'm Rob Cox. And that's been not the Footy Show, episode 167. Talk to you next week, kids. Pepsi. Not the Footy Show. Show. He just got poleaxed. Now they come up out of the scrum and Mark Carroll is throwing them. Andrew Jones is looking for Goddard. He's into Goddard. Carroll is into his opposition prop forward. And the origin of the Sydney Football Stadium has really blown up. We heard about aggression coming into this game. And there's Andrew Jones trying to get around. The oh, on. he's landed a right, right on the pecker. That's unbelievable. Pepsi.